Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. It is so good to have you here today. And today of all days, I'm going to say we are releasing what I believe is one of the best interviews that this podcast has had um, in many years. This interview is with the one, the only, Mr. Richard Rudd, the creator of The Gene Keys. Um, This man is on another level. I mean, he has bukus of gemstones and golden nuggets and exquisite, uh, profound mindset shifts and beliefs and ways of living just oozing out of him. Like, I don't even know how to describe this guy. He's just wow. He is a wow guy. That's the best way I can put it. And it's if you don't know Richard, it's a really big deal to get him on your podcast, to have time to speak with him. And our conversation today, if I do say myself, say so myself, is um, pretty cool that it gets to be aired and then put out into the world because there's a lot in here that has the potential to change your life, even in this one podcast, in this one conversation. The things he shares about what's coming for humanity the things he shares about not worrying so much and letting down your guard, the things he shares about your individual quest and your life purpose into deeper love and deeper being and deeper embracing truly could change your life in a, a multitude of ways. So I don't want to give away too much. We're going to go into this interview at full speed ahead. And please know that there are a lot of links for this podcast um, that you can find at maddiemoon.com forward slash Richard dash Rudd. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any podcast app, then you can see all the links in the description. And I highly encourage you to go Get your fraging key profile. If you want to take the next step alongside many listeners of this podcast, go to maddiemoon.com forward slash gene keys, all one word, and you will get the, um, you can sign up for the golden path, which is a great starting point for getting to know your purpose here on earth through the lens of the gene keys. You're going to hear more about it in today's podcast episode. You're going to hear all that plus how to be intoxicated with life how to sunbathe and let the sun penetrate you, how to be a divine drunk, intoxicated with your love of divinity and life and heartbreak and and be filled with devotion and liberation and the art of being human. Really, at the end of the day, all of this is about the art of being human and being here for it. Being here for it, not running off, but being present and here and letting this world penetrate your heart. So you have all that to look forward to today. Um, If you enjoy this podcast, a wonderful way to support us is to send this to a friend um, or leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you have been listening to this show for a long time and you've never left a review, please do so. That is such a nice way to support us. And if you want to take a deeper step into the world of embodiment, polarity, conscious communication, conscious relating and being here for it, this human journey, then join us in the Sisu Society. That is my delightfully low-cost group 
membership program for 19 a month you get two live calls we do embodiment practices embodiment um, like full hour-long sessions plus teachings and you can bring your questions around embodiment for the feminine and the masculine and breakups and new relationships and purpose and passion this is a place where you can get the next level than what you receive in the podcast. So there's actual intimacy involved. You're in a container alongside other women doing this work, but it's not quite the one-on-one deep dive. So this is a wonderful place to go. And if you're ready for the next level, the, uh, the deeper deep dive, then you can join the Feminine Spirit School. That's my eight-week course. It's a one-stop shop for all things feminine, masculine, shadow side, inner child healing, mother wound healing, father wound healing, ancestral uh, ancestral lineage healing, um, shadow work, playfulness, and that also does include a Facebook group. And last but not least, there is my one-on-one work. If you are ready for the deepest of deep dives and you can read all about that, including testimonials of a few of the hundreds of clients I've worked with who have come to me to deepen their feminine practice or build a business or move across the country or set themselves free from sexual shame or start an art business or jewelry business or be yoga studio owners. No dream is too out there to come into this coaching container and, and, and work towards together. So if that feels up your alley, you can certainly email me or go to maddiemoon.com forward slash coaching. Thank you for listening to my intro to the um, extent of it for staying here for being here for it because now it's time to go into this exceptional interview with again the mystical brilliant poetic soul that is Richard Red, author founder creator of the Gene Keys hey everyone and welcome back to the mind body musings podcast my heart is racing right now I am filled with so much delight and excitement to be here with the one and only Richard Rudd who I have been enamored and fascinated by for the past, I would say, five months Um, during this quarantine, coronavirus deep dive. I've had plenty of space and time to be diving into some of the things that I've heard about but didn't get to create much space. And the Gene Keys was one of those things. My friend a year ago had told me about them. Um, I remember being in her her bedroom. We were drinking wine, talking about boys. And then she was like, oh my God, now we got to talk about this really amazing thing I found called the Jinkies. She pulled out her book, found my profile. I was a little bit overwhelmed. We were probably one bottle deep into the wine. And so I didn't revisit it until during this um, quarantine when I, I met someone who ha- has been studying this work for I think nine years now told me all about this amazing man named Richard Rudd who had this deep download of this thing called the Gene Keys and we're going to go into that today but before we do so I want to read his fabulous bio. A teacher, mystic, and poet, Richard Rudd attended Edinburgh University, where he gained a master's degree in literature and metaphysics. A born explorer, he has studied with great teachers in the East, traveled through the Himalayas, the Pacific, the Americas, and the Arctic. He worked in the film industry in Australia, so cool, trained as a teacher of Qi Kung and meditation in Thailand, amazing, and sailed across the Atlantic Ocean on a small yacht. 
Fabulous. Throughout his adventures, Richard has explored his love of writing, and in 2006, he won the Fish International Poetry Award in Ireland. Richard's mystical journey began early in life as he experienced strange energies rushing throughout his body. This catalyzed his spiritual search. All his studies became synthesized in 2002 when he began to write and receive the Gene Keys, a vast synthesis exploring the miraculous possibilities inherent in human DNA. Oh, so cool. It took seven years to write the book and understand its teachings and applications. Today, Richard continues to study and teach the profound lessons contained in the Gene Keys. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, Richard. Thank you. Lovely to be here. All right. So as we begin our slowing down of the deep dive that we're going to have today, um, I'm assuming that there are quite a few people who are still unfamiliar with the Gene Keys. And what's particularly piquing my interest as a starting point is that experience of the download and your state of samadhi that you went into um, when you... Sorry, my Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Um, that's when not you what said, I said samadhi. I said, I said samadhi. Um, that experience and then what led to the creation of the Gene Keys. And I would love to hear in your words what the Gene Keys are. Yeah. Um, well, as you said, it was, a, it was a, you know, everyone uses the word download nowadays, don't they? Um, it is quite a good way to describe what happened to me. Um, but essentially, you know, I, I, I entered into a, an experience um, of a higher consciousness in which my, I guess the best way to describe it is I felt no resistance in my being at any level, you know, and I, and I felt, so I felt no, I felt all the pain had gone, all the, all the memory had gone of the past. Um, I was just in the field of light with no resistance in my body, in my being anywhere. So I was just this pristine uh, awareness of light streaming through me, this intelligence of light. And, and it wasn't catalyzed by anything, especially I was in a deep process of contemplation over many months, um, working with the Kabbalah actually. Um, but I worked with many systems of you know, deep contemplation. And anyway, so that experience happened. It lasted for three days and three nights. And I guess in, I could have gone anywhere you know, in those days. Um, I mean, I, it's like the universal the universe was open to me. You know, I could have gone anywhere. I could have explored anything I wanted. And, um, and so I followed my inner, the inner will within me. It just followed it. And it, 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 and I didn't really even do anything. I just received what came, you know, and it's difficult to put into words what came, but, um, I, I think what I what was really transmitted to me was this is my dharma this is my destiny you know my I saw my destiny I saw why I was here I kind of remembered it rather than seeing it I sort of remembered it in the cells of my body it was a very physical experience um, and in that I kind of it was a bit like I got a complete symphony downloaded in one go and maybe like Mozart received a symphony or heard a symphony. And then, and then you have to sit down afterwards and then write it out, you know, like get the paper out and yes, and your pen and then go like, okay, let's write the music. And then we can find the orchestra later, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
And so it's a bit like that for me. I, I kind of received this universal wisdom that was as old as time itself that others have also, countless of others have seen and accessed. And yet I was accessing it through my specific lens and my culture and my archetypes and I guess my, my soul's essence. And so for me, it, it, um, I, I kind of, it was a set of teachings I received, but I didn't really know that at the time, you know, and after three days and three nights, the, the journey kind of had a natural closure. And I went on a journey actually in those three days throughout Great Britain. I went to, I followed a, a kind of path. Um, and, and then I came back down off that kind of mountain and I had to sort of make sense of what had happened to me. And it took me years, you know, years to understand and to integrate that experience. And um, it only later kind of became the gene keys, you know, as I started and I've been working with lots of other systems, um, as I said, the Kabbalah and, and, you know, like many of us, I explored the chakras and the Hindu systems and all of that. And I traveled extensively in my twenties um, anyway. So I, I had all this kind of worldly sort of knowledge that I'd gained, but you know, I was still pretty <clears throat> immature in many ways, emotionally, especially. And, and so my training then kind of began after that experience. And, um, I had a, I started having a, I had a family, I met my wife and we had, you know, we had a child and, um, that journey began and inside my family, um, this teaching started to come alive and really it came alive for me because I needed it. Right. Mm. Suddenly I had responsibilities. I was no longer this free kind of floating young man traveling the world and exploring consciousness. Suddenly I had responsibilities and a wife and emotional kind of challenges and a child. And, you know, I had to, we had to build a home and all those sort of things. And it was hard. This has a lot of, you know, tough, all those tough things you face especially with two a couple and a young child like mm. it's, it's tough and so i responded i dived into the teachings that i'd been given and that's where they came from they came like i need help because <laughs> like, how do i incorporate spiritual teachings and physical emotional responsibilities of being a human you know and how do i do that and so all of the teachings of Gene Keys that have emerged since then have come from, the, I think it's important for people to understand, they come from a family set up. I now have three children and um, I've still, we're still, you know, humming along together. I'm still deeply devoted to my, my wife and my children, my family. And, um, and somewhere in the middle of that, I wrote the Gene Keys book, you know, great big thick book that kind of, Detail, you know, we can unpack that in a minute, but it was like out of that came the teachings because it was like in that book, I kind of in coded form condensed those three days in some way. I can't even say how or why, but somehow in that book are encoded the signature in light, um, in a light language of what happened to me in those three days. And then I've been unpacking that ever since because it's, it's spawned its own um, set of teachings and a community and other, you know, other books have grown out of that book um, that add layers and tapestries and in now the Gene Keys is a, is a whole sort of spiritual journey. 
Um, mm. Yeah. The so that's the introduction. <laughs> the layers are so deep in this beautiful yeah. book. When you say that it was three days that you went into the higher consciousness, were you asleep? Were you walking? Were you talking? Were you functioning? What was your like daily, what, what, what did your daily functioning as a human being look like in that kind of higher consciousness um, I was trance? Just, yeah, I was, um, I was on a, it was a, what emerged for me was a kind of quest. You know, it was like I was living in a normal, you know, I was, I was living normally, but I had three, I didn't know I had three days ahead of me. Uh, you know, I was just like <laughs> responding to the light inside me. And it literally kind of said, sit, sit still, or it said, go out for a walk, or it, it's not like it spoke to me. It was just mm. an impulse that moved through me. Anyway, it took me on a journey um, throughout England where I live. And, um, and I had adventures on the journey. I met people on the journey, strangers, you know, mm -hmm. and I followed kind of what we call in England ley lines, you know, these, I did, you know, I was following, I guess the Aborigines call them song lines, you know, they're the, they're the, they're the lines of energy that run through the earth and they contain memory. And so I was traveling down these, it was a bit like I, I was walking in the footsteps of the master, you know, and, the, and, and I followed these footsteps and they kind of, wherever my feet fell, that was the, like, there was a revelation that came. And so I learned from the land. I learned from nature. I learned from people I met. I learned from, you know, at one point I found myself in a wedding <laughs> and, and, and in the wedding, I learned about the marriage of, yin and yang and the opposites and mm. um and at the real core meaning of the, of alchemy of the yin and the yang because i saw everything from a much higher perspective and i understood how humanity has kind of built itself on the higher truths without realizing you know i i, I went into churches i experienced the understanding of the church the layout of churches a christian church you know the understanding of what christ brought wherever i went something was revealed to me, you know, mm. it, from the deep mysteries, the, the, the hidden secrets behind life, you know, behind every plant or, you know, a dog. Or at one point I went to a crop circle, you know, that I'd never been to a crop circle before. And uh, that one appeared that, you know, I was in a shop, for example, I don't tell the story, but I was in a shop getting some cufflinks to go to this wedding because I, I had this, I'd hired this shirt to go to this wedding that I'd been invited to. Suddenly it was spontaneous. And I was getting these cufflinks, you know, from a shop. And the person in the shop said, oh, just spontaneously said, oh, have you heard about this crop circle? And I was like, you know, I was in a, a kind of clothes shop <laughs> in a town in England. And I was kind of taken aback. Uh, but I wasn't because I was in the field. So I was surprised by nothing. So this guy said, yeah crop circle and i was like no i don't know what, what is that and and i knew what they were i'd heard and he said well it's come in a field near here it's just appeared in the morning he was obviously interested in these things so i said oh, i'd like to know about that i'm gonna i'm gonna go there so anyway i went to this crop circle and it appeared the night before and it was a, and it it was the double helix dna you know it was quite a famous Whoa. one yeah Wow. And it was only there for a few days. And I was one of the very first people to go into it and to walk through it. It was huge. It was as wow. huge across a field, this whole helix. 
And I was like, I didn't know what the relevance of that was. I didn't know what gene keys were or any <laughs> of that. Like that was, that was like a decade away at least. Mm. Um, but there was, so there was a whole journey and, and um, ended up with me being in North Wales um, and having, you know, on, on a remote island. Um, and that's where, the, that's where it ended. So it was a, it was a, it was a mythic quest mm -hmm. I went on um, in which coded secrets were revealed to me at every turn. And yeah yeah it, it was it was amazing what's was really amazing. beautiful about that is it's the embodiment of living in the world yeah. <clears throat> and learning the lessons that you definitely needed to learn like this yeah. consciousness needed to give you all of these things so that the gene keys would be born but it's not what so many people imagine being transcendent would be being in silence and stillness it's actually interacting with the world and it reminds wow. me a little bit of jim carrey in the movie yes man where he just says yes 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 and that. that leads to one thing to the next and very similar beautiful life. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i mean i certainly had moments where i was I was contemplating and meditating, but yeah, yeah it was it, essentially, it was a journey mm. and, and essentially, and, and really it was at night when the, when I went into that stillness, you know, cause mm -hmm. in the night, the, the light didn't stop. Sleep didn't come. And so I was just sitting in the light field then, you know, for hours mm. in the, and that was when I went more into the formless um, dimension. I'm really interested in how your brain works like in in regards to this contemplation and, and stillness like I for myself might be thinking about five different things at once and then grab a piece of paper to take all these notes and then want to come over here and maybe I'll learn about gene keys or watch this Mary Magdalene video or write a blog like so many things are trying to be born at once and contemplation you have a book called the art of contemplation and that was one of the first things i bought even before the gene keys books oh, books i was like "Ooh, this feels right because one of my favorite quotes or ways to live is just this simple reminder of let's slow down let's slow down because that's not the way i naturally am so that's been my one of my life's life paths to me is this art of slowing down and so when i found the art of contemplation i was just Oh, my body just uh, breathes this huge sigh of relief of, yes, this is the way to learn, to grow by being still and contemplating something where you say it's, it's in between meditation and concentration, mm. right? Yeah. So when it comes to, let's even talk about you writing this book for seven years, how were you able to go at a pace that allowed the gene keys to be born without you know, tightening the corset really tight and try to make it work. And because mm. you had a flow, I'm assuming, to writing this book and it didn't have to be a certain way, which is why it's so beautiful. So has that always been natural to you, that way of thinking and living? Um, I think so. I think it, you know, since that kind of intelligence was revealed inside me to me through me i i realized that you know to really access deep veins of truth you cannot hush rush you cannot be in a in a pressured way at all you've got to be loving you know you've got to be gentle you've got to romance wisdom 
you know it's mm. like a, it's like a it's mm. you know it's it's that romantic story of the you know the man romancing the woman that's kind of fairy tale and it's, it can be the other way around of course the woman romancing the man it's just that's the you know that's the kind of patriarchal view maybe but it's <laughs> the, it's about romancing you know the yin because the mystery is the yin you know the divine feminine and you can't kind of run in clenched you know bullish so you have to sit back and kind of you know open your heart and um invite it in and and it comes in layers then and wisdom i i experience opens in layers because the heart opens in layers you know that it's very rare that the heart suddenly opens like sometimes that happens like when we fall in love for example and yet you know for most of us like to open our heart it's like to trust in another person or in something we we need layers the heart needs time the intelligence Mm. of the heart and so i think that's how we access wisdom in the same way like in these layers so as i wrote the gene keys book it was through a long process of contemplation that got deeper and deeper and deeper and i also enjoy the mystery so i didn't i didn't have like um because there's 64 chapters, because there's 64 codes in our DNA, right? That's why it's called Gene Keys. And each one is, has three levels. And first of all, I had to come up with the, the three words for each of, you know, so if I take the, you know, I take, I got the book, so I'll just open it randomly. Yeah. You, can, you can do it like that. It's quite fun. So here I've got 39th Gene Key. Um, this is my wife's Gene Key, actually. Um, and um, so the shadow is provocation. And the gift is dynamism and the city, which is the highest level, is liberation. So you have these three words, these three realms. And what this what a gene key represents is a kind it's like an encyclopedia of an aspect of consciousness. You know, so when you go in through this code, you're going into, you know, this is encoded in, in all things. You know, anything that's alive and even the inanimate is encoded with these keys, right? And there are 64 of them. And the DNA operates according to 64 codes. And nature operates according to 64 codes. It's a tetrahedral structure that's at the heart of all, of all existence, right? So it's like, this is a holographic language and patterning of consciousness itself. But the gene keys particularly apply them to humans so that we can kind of access, well, what, what does it mean psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, that's why you get those words, you know, provocation, dynamism, and liberation. So the shadow, which is the kind of the energy it begins with, is the, the energy that's chaotic, that hasn't yet kind of crystallized inside us, is provocative. It's like that's a provocative gene key. It's a provo- provocative code. Um, and so something that provokes us, it can either be a positive thing or a negative thing. It could provoke us to awaken. That's why the city, the highest, is called liberation. Because liberation is something that's provoked in us. You know, something pushes us, you know, and, and it pushes us towards, you know, learning more or growing more. And all life does that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very creative. It's like if you sit still for long enough, something will come and poke you, you know, and, and you'll get up and you'll, how you respond to that is it dictates whether you reinforce the shadow. So if you are provoked in turn, 
then you'll get caught in a shadow game, you know, with your partner, let's say, you know, so they provoke you, you react, you provoke them, they react, you're in a, you're in a kind of a struggle, a conflict. And then, but underneath that provocation is dynamism, right? So the gift of it is it gets you up. It gets you moving. It stops you being stagnant. So the 39th gene key is a very like energizing code because it wakes us up. And then if you could harness that dynamism, instead of reacting to the provocation, you can respond creatively. Mm. And, and you, then you're in a dance with that person. You know, you may, you may challenge their behavior, but you'll challenge it out of a place of empowerment rather than a place of victim. You know, because if you react, then you're a victim of the provocation because you know, you're caught by it. You know, if you react in a, in a low frequency way, as I call it. So it's about raising the frequency. That's what each gene key does inside us. It gives us the opportunity to rephrase the language of, of a life. And then ultimately it's liberate, you know, it's about liberation. So all, you know, regardless of what gene keys you have connected to your, because gene keys is a journey that has a profile, right? So as you know, so you can mm -hmm. go online to genekeys.com and you can get your free profile and you can see which keys relate to your awakening. To, and, and to your relationships and to your, you know, ability to prosper in life and to your purpose. You know, we have keys for all those things that relate to us. Um, so there's a code in there. There's, a, there's something to play with. There's an adventure and a quest, like my love of quests. Mm. Out of the gene keys are created quests. So everyone can go on this quest. And it's your quest, you know, as you've been, like, exploring it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, a long answer, but... I can't even remember what the question was, but anyway, we've gone on a journey um, into yeah. the keys themselves. That's how that's, they work. That's one of the things I, there's so many reasons why I resonate with this, but I love the mythical and the quest and the journey. It, it feels like I'm in some type of uh, fantasy world almost. It brings a playfulness to this kind of work. And just to recap what you said, you have this um, shadow side, there's the shadow, there's the gift, there's the city, which is the highest gift. And um, I also love all this because shadow work has been something really profound in my life of playing with the shadow. And so I'm putting together these pieces of what I've learned in my tantric studies around taking your shadow and creating art out of it. And then, oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, and so then I'm relating to how the Gene Keys work of taking your shadow and it actually being the thing to take you into the city, into that higher gift. So I wanted to tell you something that's really fascinating. My life's work, um, if you go to my website, you will see all over it says the word devotion. Devotion, devotion, devotion. My life's work is 29 which is devotion um, and the shadow side is half-heartedness and inside of your book there's this one part i was reading it yesterday and I, my mind was blown there was this one part that um you wrote in that chapter because for everyone listening this is all about being like a divine uh divine drunk being so drunk on your love for god for like love above all for beauty for like just this wonderful heart breaking sensation we have of living in this world. What's beautiful, what's tragic. And that's 
what I'm so called to do. And in this chapter, you wrote something like, okay, I'm just going to read it. Um, <laughs> you wrote that people who do this, who have this um, gene key, oh yeah, uh, the 29th city remains deeply immersed in human relationships. Yep. Um, in many tantric practices, the devotee visualizes him or herself having sex with the divine consort. Literally do that. I have practices where I'm like imagining I'm making love to Shiva and feeling my heart opening from that Shiva kind of love and divine Jesus and yeah, I just thought that was really freaking cool. Like how specific these chapters can be. And that's just one of the gene keys that I have mm. in my profile. And it gives me, it, it's just been this really nice anchor when I'm going into the shadow of half-heartedness. Because mm. also when I look at my life, it's been a lot of, uh, yeah, picking up and going. Like yeah. leaving a, a home very quickly without saying goodbye to my friends that I made or jumping from project to project and being too little committed or overly committed and very mm. rarely in between, which is why quarantine has been so great because I've had less opportunities to commit myself to. So I've been able to kind of clean that slate and see what do I really want to be committed to mm. in life. Beautiful. I guess it also means, because if you have 29, it means you also have 30 because that's the opposite. So you have, so your work is really about, you know, the transmutation of desire, you know, the desire nature in humanity and that's not just sexual desire it's all desire and like really that's your life it's like how you know understand desire hmm. like trust it learn from it you know hmm. see what's hidden inside it and there's so much so many riches but also it will take you and as you will probably already know as most of us know it'll take us in into some pretty wild areas of consciousness you know it will hmm. take us into parts of ourselves that we we don't like um, or, or mistakes that we think are mistakes because we followed a desire. And um, I know it's been, you know, I've learned, we all learn from, from our desires. And, mm. you know, that's a, that's a hell of a journey. So, yeah, well, yeah, good one. Uh, yeah. So we have a mutual friend, Alan. Um, yeah. um, everyone listening to this, you don't need to know who Alan is. He's just an awesome guy. And me and him spent this morning, we had like an hour long convo. He didn't know I was going to have this interview with you. And so he called me and he was like, oh, okay, let's talk about Richard. Here's some things you should ask. Here's some ideas of things you can ask. Um, and so he really, he really pushed me to, to bring that uh, gene key up and, and look at a specific around this because I think a lot of people, what I think of is um, attachment styles when I'm thinking of the 29th gene key and the 30th of anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. And I'll speak for myself. I experience that a lot of being anxious with an avoidant lover or being avoidant with an anxious lover. And my avoidant is the strongest one, half-heartedness, kind of, you know, and desire for something else. I desire to be in a more open situation or I desire to be more, you know, someone who gets me better or this. Mm, and so it mm. leads me to disassociating or kind of putting up a guard. Mm. And then the devotional practices that I have that are, you know, quote, my, my life, just go out the window. Yeah. Stop believing in like this and loving this higher essence of love available at all the time i stop the eye gazing i stop all these things that i love because mm. my wall becomes so thick and so he just wanted me to bring that up of, of 
asking, and especially in you have this wonderful deep dive into the Venus uh, path, which is all about mm. love and, and romance and relationships. And I'm sure we'll have a second podcast diving deeper into that. But I guess my question, if I was to formulate one around this is how, what's that balance between leaning into your shadow and knowing that it's healthy and healing versus being a martyr and going deeper into your shadow when it's actually you're 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 beyond the expiration date of something you know mm. or, or and i'm not talking mm. specifically about my life here to be clear but yeah. this is something that's come up over and over in my life of i should stay i should keep leaning into this mm. and now knowing my gene key of you know half-heartedness of wanting to book it this is what i'm contemplating right now mm. and it's a great question it's a great one and uh you know, there's no, there's no art, there's no sort of hard and fast answer to it either. Um, I think that those are our edges. Those are our, particularly now, those are our spiritual edges um, of le learning from our relationships. Because, you know, I, I've been in a relationship for um, at least 20 years now. And you know, it's, it's, it's not always a pretty thing, you know, it's like it and but it's, it's like, you know, if you're digging a well, if you dig lots of shallow wells in lots of different places, you'll never reach the water table. And if you if you find a person who's willing to go the distance, like dig your well there, as long as they are essentially kind, you know, in their core, then um, then you'll you know that's that's actually enough. I mean, I, I actually sometimes I kind of wonder about the Indian process of the arranged marriages and. Uh, even though to us in the West, it seems like terrible. I kind of understand where they were coming from. Now, it depends what you've got, you know, but it, in a way, looking at it from a very spiritual perspective, you know, the, the, a, a kind of yin and a yang coming together, whether whatever sex or gender they are, like two people coming together, that is a cauldron. Uh, that's an alchemical cauldron. And um, if you dig that, that, that well and you go on digging, eventually you're going to reach some really profound places and you're going to reach rocks as well. You're going to reach hard rock at times. And, you know, even after 20 years, you still reach places of hard rock and you're like, Oh my God, not this place again. Mm -hmm. And you have to sort of just wait. It's like the water, the water kind of finds its way around the rock and it's like, you need a lot of patience and you need a lot of, you know, self forgiveness and love and gentleness towards yourself and the other in order to kind of realize is this a is this kind of you know is this going to work long term you know because i and i i openly have an agenda when i talk about relationships because i do i i i recommend people they stay with one if they can find one if there's abuse in it i would be very you know you, anyone should be careful and there's emotional abuse and then there's physical abuse. If there's physical abuse, you, need, you just need to get out straight away or see someone get help, support. If it's emotional abuse, that's also um, kind of a very tricky area. And it can be worked with, with, a, with support, mm -hmm. with the support from someone who really knows the terrain. And sometimes it can't be, you know. So that's a journey for each person, you know, because we, we each have moments where we abuse. 
the other. We abuse yeah. ourselves. We're like, you forget yourself. You know, I, every now and again, I kind of lose my temper. It doesn't happen very often, maybe kind of once or twice a year. You know, something triggers me and I just, dang. <laughs> and um, I don't give myself a hard time about it anymore. I kind of go, oh, look, that's one of those kind of strange attractor events. I wonder what, like, is going to come out of this one. And yeah, I, I mean, I, but I've been at it a long time and I've been contemplating a long time. And so I've softened and softened and softened. And that's one of my revelations that's come through being in a relationship with this teaching is that um, if you can really harness the energy, it's like the one that we, I opened the book on is no, there's no mistakes, you know, like provocation, someone that provokes you is a really wonderful gift. Mm. You know, if they can go on provoking you, what a gift that is. <laughs> Because if, if you can get to a place where you're unprovocable one day, then you're liberated. And that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. And we all do that to each other. The, the longer you live with someone, the, kind of, the more you realize that. But also, if you're doing the work, then you're softening. Because as I said, the heart is about softening and forgiving and yielding. And, let, you, know, and I, you have to just, your heart just teaches you those lessons. You know, like the amount of times I have, kind of pushed myself to go and issue an apology when I know that it wasn't my fault, you know, mm. <laughs> but like someone has got to make that step. And I'm like, you go and make that step. You know, it's like, even though you're, you know, and you, and you have to wait until you're able to make that step. And then you kind of overcome the energy in you that's still in provocation. And then you suddenly, you suddenly those words come out and sometimes it doesn't work either because you're there too early, you know, and you're, so you're, there's an inauthenticity because you want it to be over quicker than it actually is, you know, yeah. and then you get a, you get another slap back, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, the energy's still there. And it's not the other person. It's the chemistry field. You know, it's, you can't blame the other person. It's the chemistry between you that's provoking you both to awaken to something, mm -hmm. you know, to awaken to deeper love and forgiveness. So if you can find a, you know, if you can find a solid person to be with for a decent amount of time and seven years is a kind of minimum for a cycle of deep learning, um, then, you know, that's a gift and a half, you know, if you can throw children into the mix as well, that's like, you know, <laughs> accelerates your learning by another tenfold, you know, it's like, <laughs> But that's not essential, you know, especially in today's world, I would consider carefully about bringing a child into the world. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, my longest relationship has been, I think, a year and a half. Yeah. Well, you know. So I feel that that seven year, it's, there's something in my body that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go deep. Yeah. And Wonderful. it feels like there's some symbolism around my name, meaning high tower. And you're talking mm. about wells. Like I've been going up and up and up and like, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with, with having separation in life, but no. we're going, I'm going deep too deep into the earth as I go deep up. Into the and many people learn, you know, we all are different. So that's just my agenda and I own it. You know, it's like there are other teachers that just say, follow, you know, willy nilly follow your desire and you'll learn regardless, even if you're moving from one to another, another, another. And, and there's so everyone learns differently in different ways at different paces. Um, so it's very important to, to kind of know that and yeah. everything is, is for our learning and for our hearts opening. 
Absolutely. You said something I thought was really interesting on a podcast recently. You said that you believe everyone is going to be reincarnated again. Um, Because, and I kind of quote you, I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but you said the divine isn't cruel and that the divine wants you to see the fruits of your labor and see where we're going. I thought that was really beautiful. Can you elaborate a little more on that? Yeah. Um, Just to clarify, I probably didn't say everyone will reincarnate, but it's like... um, Yes, most. But what I did draw attention to is that um, many people in our kind of interested in spiritual knowledge um, get into a certain mindset where they would like this to be their last life or they feel like, this is their last life. And um, whether that may or may not be true, sometimes when you dig a little deeper into that, um, you have the realization that the reason you're saying that is because you're not enjoying this one very much. <laughs> and, and actually, the last life is a, you know, it would be a life of such glory, you know, of, of such finesse, of such elegance, you know, it, it could be very humble. It doesn't need to be public in any way. Um, but a life of such joy and completion. And it really, te- so that really tells you like where you're at. Um, so I, I just like invite people who have those questions just to look inside and go, well, maybe I have a little more to do than I, than I actually thought. Um, and let's be real about that. And uh, because, yeah, I, I, for me, I really, I mean, I've, I've explored this, I'm still exploring this journey of, re, of the reincarnating soul this year. I'm particularly been really thinking about it this year and contemplating it. And a lot of memories and revelations have come to me and understandings about how it works. And um, yeah, and um, I'm kind of wondering what to do with all that knowledge. I haven't kind of shared it yet. So I'm, I think it's probably for the future. Um, and I kind of, but what, I, what I've realized, and it's what I saw in my three days, is there's a perfection to the universe that is just so beyond anything we can comprehend. There's a perfection in every moment, in every, the timing of every moment, the people we draw into our life. That is the perfect person <clears throat> that's standing in front of you for right now, for the teaching, for the awakening, for the lesson. And even really difficult, really horrendous experiences are also in their kind of core, they are the perfect teaching for the soul of that being at that time. But we can't always see that at that time. And it may be that we, some of us only ever see it even after death um, because there, there are mysteries hidden in, in the world and in the cosmos, in nature. And, you know, the nature of suffering that, you know, that is so deep on this planet, like we, we are here to learn from suffering until we've learned everything that she has. I call her she, I don't know why. Everything that, the, that she has to teach us. And I don't anthropomorphize it. This is the woman or like, you could say it, you know. But you're talking um, about suffering as a it's she? The divine, like, because the divine, well, it's the divine mother that's behind. Mm. It's, it's mm-hmm. grace that lies behind suffering. But, the, mm. but you don't see that until you've gone so deep into it. Like, and then you see the grace. It's like someone you really love dies and you only really kind of 
understand that relationship at the at that level after they've died often you know like because then they're kind of released and then the deep spirit of who they are is suddenly felt in a way that is different from when they're alive you know mm. so you you um you know i don't want to i do not in any way make light of suffering i uh, it, and i also don't you know i know it's a thing that we're here to learn from until we've learned from it and that, but I, and i think that our next epoch as it opens for humanity will not be from suffering it will be learning from bliss actually that's the next level um but both have a lot to teach us you know and and we can't attain to the bliss until we've really understood the suffering in depth you know and it's not something therefore we should be afraid of that's why the gene keys always starts with the shadow you know because the shadow as you said is like that's our that's the shadow work is like it can't be bypassed mm. you know and um but also it, it doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to become our identity either you know which yeah. it does sometimes people get so lost in it um because there's a lightness also needed i think it's a everything is a balance and jinkies teaches this it's a balance like there needs to be a sense of play even when there's difficulty you know especially when there's difficulty um i love that you started by saying that you were drinking a glass of wine and and talking about the jinkies because um i i that it's sort of symbolic to me of what you know wine is symbolic of that kind of you know love of appreciation of the senses and the sensual and um and life and being in a body and isn't it beautiful being in a body and i'm coming back to your question which was the reincarnation and you know when when you come when you come back you know what's being created right now in this world is a glorious future this is the other thing that was revealed to me in my three days like i was shown this this uh, this future memory of the future human and uh, and it just filled me with like oh my Mm. if humans knew this oh I, if humans knew this they would just feel so different about <laughs> life now they would they they would um, they would kind of they wouldn't worry so much about the world and where it's going in fact they wouldn't worry at all and i don't worry about where the world's going i don't not since i had that experience because i see i've seen where it's going and so it for me it's like in order to make a breakthrough of the level that we're going, we have to go into the kind of cyclone. We have to go into the whirlwind. We have to go into this cataclysmic energy of the world shadow and pierce it and shatter it. And then we get to experience, like you said, the fruits of our labors, you know, mm. on the other side. So this is a time you want to come back to, you know, so we're all building something. All of us collectively are building something magnificent right now. Um, but we can't see it yet. You know, some of us can feel it coming. And in order for it to come, we have to move into this shedding period, you know, in which a lot of fear comes up because a lot of the structures that we've built that we hold dear need to kind of fall away mm -hmm. in our societies. And that means a lot of fear and perhaps increased suffering for a while for humanity in order that we can purge us. You know, it's not like in order that we go through this kind of birth canal, you know, it's a birth mm -hmm. canal. 
and it has these contractions, you know, these pulses, like a pandemic is a mm-hmm. pulse, you know, yeah. and, you know, there are pulses of like themes as the toxins get pulled out of humanity. Mm. And then there's a rest and the next layer. And if you build reincarnation and the whole rebirth cycle into this, there's a lot less fear because in the next phase of our evolution, you know, what I see is, is we will retain memory between births, you know, um, so that we kind of, there's no longer this fear of death that kind of haunts us. And we have a sense of long continuity, you know, so you can, we can build something that we can then reincarnate back into and continue building it. And we also can be co-creative and participate in our rebirth process, you know, instead of kind of not knowing, you know, Mm. and there's a whole journey behind that. I mean, it's something I, I wish to be sharing more with people and, and teaching out of that because there are ways we can, there are ways we can exit that kind of really are beautiful, you know, and uh, many, some people, if you've been with someone that dies really well, then um, you realize that like there's a real grace in terms of, I had a friend died this year recently and um, he and I talked a lot about rebirth together in the period coming up to his death. And, um, and he really set his trajectory you know, he knew where he was going. He didn't know the specifics, but he knew the energy and he took it with him and he left behind, you know, this beautiful legacy. And then he dove into that light and knowing where he was going to come back, you know, not specifics, but he knew that he would be coming back into that field and continue the work that he'd started. Wow! And so he left in such a kind of, you know, field of grace because of that. Anyway, I'm talking a lot, but no, I love this. I think I might know who you're talking about. Rodrigo. Yes. The man who created the assemblage for anyone. Yeah. Well, we, he's a beautiful man. We had, yeah, many amazing talks. Yeah. I am. I'm really imagining that this, this, this hardened, I talk a lot about the front body, especially Mm. for feminine beings that there's an edginess to the front of the body of like living life like this, like we're, Mm. it's protection, Mm. it's attack, it's defensiveness. It's like just the, the process is stripping of thousands and thousands of years of, of being woman, you know, in that pain body of being sold and raped and killed and murdered and just disrespected and and learning how to ease into the back body and learn how to soften that front body and let it melt into the back body and i learned this from one of my teachers who talks a lot about this in embodiment practices her name's kendra kunov i talk about her all the time um Mm. and that served me a lot of seeing how i can move this front forward energy of like must do more must learn more must Mm. prove my worth must be the right one must be good and ease it all into the back body where I could just like let go and receive and be in bliss. And it's not so scary to not worry or to not care so much and to drink the wine Mm -hmm. and to play with life and to have your heart broken and to try uh, risky, scary things where you pack up your things during quarantine and move to a completely new place and let go. And I'm feeling hearing you talk i'm feeling a lot of like that's the embodiment of this practice of not being so on edge 
because something that's coming is so glorious and exquisite mm. and beautiful mm. and we we're safe to be in the back body we're yeah. safe to, to re retract yeah all that forward energy yeah i kind of feel like you know what it's clearer to me now than ever that you know one of my roles as a teacher is to really share that that certainty of what's coming um to reassure people um you know not that they can have my knowing because my knowing is my knowing you know but that everyone inside their cells i really feel this like everyone has a place inside that knows and that knows that the universe is a compassionate safe place and that knows there's a reason for everything and you you know and there's a purpose and there's a beauty behind everything at its core and um if you can find that place in your everyday life, then yeah, you take the edge off just about everything. Because suddenly life, instead of having these sharp angles, it has soft edges, you know, it has curves and, you know, rounded shapes and ovals and, um, and then flow. And, um, and it's a lot more romantic and a lot less edgy. <laughs> yeah and i like what you said about the front and the back i really agree with that like and and we have to remember that we have been men and women in our lives countless times we've been black white you know we've been all races all genders all you know everything and so we are kind of we're all of it mm. and you know our journey is to you know through the one in through embodying the one we're in now to also transcend the one we're in now and move into the field behind it um but we only really transcend it by living it fully that's why the wine is important you got to drink the wine yeah. you know? <laughs> one of my teachers uh who's who i never met would have been you know sometimes you kind of think if there's a person i could meet from history this would be one of the people i would meet um his name's hamvash bella he's from hungary no one's heard of him hardly except outside of hungary this forgotten genius. Anyway, he, one of his great teachers was wine, you know, and, <laughs> and he has this wonderful statement at the end of one of his books is like, he says, drink and the wine will take care of the rest. <laughs> and it's kind of literal, but it's also symbolic. He's saying drink of life, you know, and the, and the kind of the juice of life will just teach you what you need to know. Um, but you can also take it literally if you if you yeah. happen to love the sensual nectars of life, drink a glass of wine, you know, drink, mm -hmm. eat something fine, enjoy what life delivers if you can. And not not everyone can, you know, because a, a great number of people in the world are in poverty. So it's, a, it's a, in a way. Everyone has to kind of drink of what they can, even if it's a glass of well water you know mm. how, how beautiful that can be and to, to appreciate everything that's in front of us yeah i mean one of the, the uh, one of the most powerful teachings that i think i mentioned to you is that um from the gene keys is called the venus sequence and you mentioned that venus deep dive which is a a journey i'm doing in this autumn and uh we're going to be, it's a six month online virtual retreat. So you live your life for those six months, but then over those six months, you're going to go on a journey into the gene keys of your Venus sequence. And those are six gene keys, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, six 
um, six gene keys and five pathways that link them. And um, each one of them unlocks a part of the, of the kind of story of your heart. You know, the story of your childhood, the story of the wounding of your childhood, your defense strategies, your, the way your mind protects your heart specifically, you know, and how it shut down at a certain point and how that pattern as a teenager is kind of still encoded in your body now as a cellular memory. And then going deeper back into our puberty cycle and things and events, it, you don't even have to know what the events were because there always are events, you know, whether we remember them consciously or not, they're encoded in the body. You know, there are events that are like, we have to understand there's a pattern, a dynamic pattern of protection that was there to protect us when we felt threatened by some aspect of behavior from someone around us or the world or some event or some culture that we're in or perhaps even a wound that's deeply in our mother or our father you know all of that is passed on to us and that journey through the venus sequence takes us step by step back uncoiling the secrets of our past and taking us right back to the point of birth in our in our cellular memory not not necessarily our conscious memory but our cellular memory and then even beyond birth into conception and that the final pathway of the venus sequence is about the journey from conception to birth although we go from birth to conception we do the whole journey in reverse and what happens is we get to experience the kind of the wounding that is encoded in us but it's a sacred wound you know and you, we understand that this wounding is sacred because we get to see that inside it is hidden some incredible liberating secret that you know and it's our relationships that teach us these secrets um so that's really you know i'm looking forward to that journey and, and i'm i'm going to be inviting the world to come on it so like um and it's be very precious you know a very precious mm -hmm. journey you know, with a lot of support um but you know those those that's a self-study course already available on my website so people can if you're interested and you know, go to my website and look at genekeys.com and, and start the golden path, which is what mm -hmm. you've done, right? Yes. Do you want to I... tell us, tell me about your golden path? Yeah. So journey. first off, that all f sounds phenomenal. I'm definitely going to do that. I want to do the Venus um, for sure. It's where, um, in what, as I've been learning in the, um, in the golden path and my activation sequence, one of my biggest trials in life is emotional Whoa! like i don't want to use the word turmoil but just like emotional havoc in relationships and um my emotions go deep those i bring into my life their emotions are deep like emotions is a big thing and that leads to triggers and that leads to closures and attachments and anxiety and this and that so um it's also my deepest calling. It's also what I've built my whole business around is relationships. It's, I can't stop thinking about them. I'm obsessed with them. So I'm very much looking forward to that. The golden path so far for me has been really fascinating. I'm taking it really slow. Um, trying Good. to con I'm trying to do this one differently. Um, I'm going through the, um, the genius, the, the book, the genius there's a PDF that's included with doing the golden path and it's teaching mm. a lot and also going through these videos. And I've been 
really stunned and validated by what I'm reading about me being I'm a, a so once everyone goes deeper into the golden path you'll see very similar to human design we didn't go into that today but they are like sisters together they're they're complish yeah kind of yeah kind yeah, of I mean, yeah they're connected definitely different gene keys is more feminine gene keys is like yeah. how you do your life is that how you would say it's different yeah it's the journey yeah journey and, yeah i think it's a lot more playful mm. That's one of the reasons I, I got really deep into teaching human design for, for a hot minute. And then I half-heartedly backed out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think it was more of devotion to what was actually more right. Um, because for me, there were some hard and fast lines that I didn't feel uh, good with being a projector. Anyways, um, what I've been loving right now is learning about the gene keys and then how your specific flavor comes into play with those gene keys so not to confuse everybody but there are these things called lines and in the life's work i'm a dancer which is something i'm also contemplating is how i don't dance like no one's watching and i dance like people are watching and feeling into how do I express my devotion as a dancer? Like, what a powerful combination of being a dancing devotee, mm. a gopi of life. Mm. And um, this, this course for me has been really helpful because, as you know, it's a lot of material. So there's a lot to go into. And I love the structure of taking you through one, two, three, four as a starting point, just these four really mm. crucial parts of your profile. And like we briefly mentioned earlier, you can find your profile on the Gene Keys website. I will have a link to that in the show notes. So you can just look on iTunes in the little uh, description area and you click on that link to get your profile. But really grateful for you creating this. Um, I have a special link to sign up for the Golden Path for anyone who wants to get rocking and rolling with this. And I highly highly recommend it as a way to be guided on this very extensive journey in a way where you actually feel held and um, shown what you need to see in a way that's uh, manageable and not overwhelming. So that's at maddiemoon.com forward slash gene keys. And that's one word gene keys. So you can check it out there. Um, I know we're seven minutes over time. Do you have a couple more minutes? Yeah, sure. Okay. Just like a, a couple, like, not like quick fire round questions because they're not like super quick, but uh, a little couple things that are coming up for me. Do you have, I won't say a favorite gene key, but one that when you think about it, you just feel all like lit up and excited more than others by any chance? Well, yes and no. I mean, I guess like you, you can ask me that question each day and a different answer will come. So I'll tell you today's. Okay. <laughs> Um, which happens to be where the sun is today, actually. The sun moves through the, all the keys. Like It takes six days to go through a, a gene key, and then it carries on. Oh. It goes through all 64 in the year. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. No. So uh, today it's in, in 56, and, um, and uh, 56 is the key of intoxication. I guess oh. that's why I was talking about wine. Yeah. About wine. <laughs> um, but uh, it's about... Um, it's like a, you know, every key also is a kind of opening into a whole, like, the, it's like, 
all you know all the pantheons of gods of all the cultures of all humanity like the, the deities like the deities that are to do the 56 gene key would be all the kind of the drunken deities you know mm-hmm. uh the the deities of whether it's dionysius um mm-hmm. or it's like the kind of the really playful laughing kind of intoxicated you know gods mm-hmm. um and I love that. I also have it very strongly in my own um, profile in what's called the SQ, which is my, it's, just, it's really like the deepest flavor of my own heart, actually. Your SQ is your spiritual, your spiritual intelligence that, um, that comes out of your heart. So it's really nice to know what that key is. Mine's um, provocation. Is it 39? Yeah, I'm just uh, not looking. No, it's liberation. <laughs> Liberation, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, liberation. Liberation. Yeah, yeah getting stuck in that is, shadow. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you want to use those words and then... Yes. That's, that's how the jinkies work, really. They kind of show you, like, like for me, knowing that I am an intoxicate or I'm an intoxicate, mm. you know, like, um, that's like a... And we all are. You know, we're all destined to learn from bliss, you know, from, from, from life, from the sensual, from the delights of life from the birds, the bees, from each other, from the touch of the skin to the, you know, to the whisper of the wind and the, in the trees and, and the sea and, you know, the sensual mm. delights and the appetites. You know, they're not to be like passed over. You know, they're not to be like left behind. They're to be kind of sampled, you know, but we don't have to also, you know, that what I understand of intoxication is it's like you don't have too much. In fact, almost you leave it you you leave it you so if you have a glass of wine leave a little bit in there you know that's the Mm. intoxic that's the intoxicants mark like you know that you don't need the whole lot you know you know that you don't need to overdo it because it's not the drink it's the it's the it's the actual it's the experience it's Mm. not the substance it's the experience that's the key so you don't need to overdose on anything you just sample all the delights and the shadow is just as delightful in its own way as is the, as is the city. What's you know, the so, shadow? Of well, any shadow. I mean, when I say the shadow, the shadow of that one particularly is distraction, mm. which means, you know, it shows how you can be distracted through the senses, mm. you know, so you can be distracted from your core purpose through the senses. And we do, we get distracted by pleasures. We get distracted. And that's part of our journey. Like you get, you go down a wormhole, you exhaust your energy and you come out and you go, I got to get back to myself. You know, that I learned from that, but actually if I do that too much, I'm going to just burn out. You know, it's like, you know, intoxication is about taking in tiny amounts of toxin Mm. and, you know, because the world is like tiny amounts of toxin and, you know, in, in some respect, like it's all, Everything we take in is designed to kind of give us a, you know, it's an emanation of the divine. And some of them are sweet and some of them are bitter and some of them are, you know, there's all these tastes and sensations. It's, one of my loves is tea, like fine Chinese teas. And what I've learned about them is sometimes a, a tea that doesn't taste nice, it can be very powerful. It can have very powerful chi underneath. Right? So there's this one I'm thinking of like, when I give it to people, they're like, whoa, what is that? I say, you got to get past the taste. It's not about taste. 
life isn't even about the surface. It's like, what is the energy of this tea? I tell you, when you drink it, even though it tastes like pond water, <laughs> it's called ancient pond, actually. Even though it tastes like pond water, after you've drunk it, you feel clean. I mean, it's weird. Your whole body feels suddenly clean. Wow. And you're like, how can something that tastes like that give you the experience of that? That's intoxication. That's like the, the you know, the delights of learning from the physical and the, you know, the emotional plane and the mental plane. Everything is here for us to learn from. So I'm an immersed, I'm, I'm a lover of, you know, the immersive field of, you know, of the world. And that's, you know, I'm not an, I, I'm not a, I, I'm not for like escaping into the, you know, ethers. I love the ethers, but like <laughs> yeah. through the senses, through the physical form, through relationships, through the dirt, through the muck, get your hands and feet dirty, you know, mm. laugh. You know, if you can't laugh, how are you going to find God? Oh God, so true. You know? Yeah. Mm. And the intoxic is the, is the laugher, you know? Mm. I have this series I did call, if any of you, you know, I'll finish with this in my last comment. Like if anyone's interested in, in more of this stuff and from the intoxicate side of me, um, there's a series on my website shop. It's a free series. So if you go into shop under courses, I don't really know why it's under courses. It's not really a course. Um, but in there I've done, it's called the ecstatics. It's a three or four down It's a free series. You can download them and they're like about an hour long contemplations with beautiful music um, in which I contemplate a, a person who I consider an ecstatic, a, mm. a, a kind of divine drunk. Oh, wow. Uh, I so, love that. So they're, they're different. Like there's Hafiz, the Sufi poet. There's um, Walt Whitman, the great oh. American, you know, lover of the sensual. There's Ananda Maima, you know, the great Indian saint. I was just talking about her the other day. There's I've never Celtic, heard of her. No? I'd never heard of her until, yeah. Well, if you listen to that ecstatic, you'll get a really good story of like who she was and what her energy really is. So anyway, that's a a lovely series to dive into for people who just want a nice freebie to put them to sleep. I know lots of people that listen to those as they're going to sleep. Oh, that sounds right up my alley. I'm going to have, I'll have that that link in the show notes as well. So yeah, easy access. Anyway, so that's my final little gift, I guess. Thank you. You got another question. I'm, I'm still, well, I'm curious what your sun sign is and your moon sign, your rising. Oh, um, I'm a Virgo. Oh, sun. Yeah. Yeah. My son. Yeah. You mean my sun sign? No, your, your son, your sun sign. Now your son's yeah. sign. Yeah. My, you're asking my son's sign. Yes. Your son's sign. For, like Virgo. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that I am a Virgo. <laughs> Is that and what you're asking? Yes. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> that's what I'm asking. Your oh, son. Okay. And then I was also asking your moon. Oh sign. God. I don't know what my moon is. Oh my God. Um, I don't really kind of, I don't know a lot about astrology. Ironically, yeah. Gene Keys is not astrology. It is ironically, but it's also great because you're, you know, you're in your, you yeah. know what you're here for. Yeah. I love hearing, distracted. I love hearing from astrologers, but it's not, um, it's not been my journey to learn the depth. Just Do you read books? Are you a book reader? Sometimes. Yeah. Certain books come my way. I'll, I, I tend to. Yeah. And do you ever read fiction? 
sometimes usually if my wife sent passes me something that she's really enjoyed i will read it you know and sometimes even something my kids are reading like mm. if they're really enjoying it i say oh, i might get a taste of that you know and so I, I like to touch into you know what's going around sometimes why have you got a recommendation i do i do Please. um there's this book that i've fallen in love with called uh, reincarnation blues oh it's about uh, a man who lives ten thousand different lives and he keeps dying and every time he dies he he wakes up by the same river and there's the same two women who are like the angel women and then there's death who who he has a love affair with so every time he dies he gets to be with death and and they have sex they drink wine they like sleep all day like it's an actual love affair and then he goes back and then he lives a life as like a fisherman who inevitably gets eaten by a shark and then he dies and he comes back and now he's like an ant who lives in the Himalayas and it's so funny it mm -hmm. is one of the quirkiest most clever sci-fi type books I've ever read and mm. I just if you're into to anything like that I feel like that book would be up your alley no oh, thanks I love a good book recommendation yeah reincarnation blues <laughs> okay um my very last question for you is your do you have like morning or evening rituals that help you get clear and like uh well i am a sun worshiper mm, that's right i i <laughs> read know. about that um and i mean i don't worship the sun but i i am um, i have a morning practice it's not a really it's, i'm not fixed on it but when there's a when i feel there's a beautiful sunrise my body wakes up and says mm. get up slug a bed <laughs> get out there and I'm like, it's 5 a.m. Like, and but my body wrenches itself up and out. And I have to walk up the road from where I live to get on top of the hill to see the sunrise. So it's a bit of a stretch. But then I learned this technique from a teacher called Bain Saduno, a great master, um, who's a Bulgarian. Uh, and uh, I never met him because he died before I was around. But I immersed myself in his teachings. And I went to Bulgaria. Um, several years ago, and I met a lot of his followers. Um, there's still many there. And they all practice meeting the sunrise. And his teachings are so exquisite. And uh, he talks about meeting the first ray, you know, of the sunrise. Mm. And the very first ray, you have to be there before sunrise, okay, to get the first ray. Mm. And that first ray, as it hits you, as it hits your third eye, it takes you on a journey. Like it's like you're there, you open yourself to it and it just takes you on this journey. The journey is usually about 15 minutes and you stand and you take it in and then it just kind of, you, you're gazing at the sun. You know, if you're comfortable directly, depends on, you know, if you're not comfortable peripheral um, and then it just goes through you and it works you that first ray. And it's almost like it has an intelligence where it does have an intelligence. And it will go to work inside your being, inside your body, each time in a very different way. But it will open something and unlock something or reveal something. Um, and it's an amazing hmm. teaching. So I kind of do a sun yoga. And I also, I, I, you know, I have a mudra for every of the 64 gene keys, you know. So I often do the mudras with the sun, you know, and, um, and they open up different doorways and things. So, like, that's a, a beautiful practice I do. Where do we learn the mudras? Uh, they're also on my website in the shop. You can get oh, okay. them. Um, I think, I'm just thinking, 
Yeah, no, I think that they're, they're on the shop. They're like you can get all sixty-four of them for oh, great bucks or something. You know? Fabulous! Like, oh, and they're fun to play with, especially when you know your gene keys, because then you can like do the ones of your gene keys, and you can explore the other ones and just whichever one you feel drawn to. And they're wonderful. You know, they're some of them are like ancient. Others came to me as I was unlocking them with the gene keys. So, um, but they're if you understand the gene key and the mudra, if you read the gene key and then do the mudra, it's an embodied understanding of that key, particularly the city, because they're really about the cities, yeah. the highest fields, because they're, they're the original language before words, the language wow. of the hands, the language of, you know, before we even had yeah. words, they're like an angelic language. Wow. Yeah. My mind's blown right now. I never like yeah. there's sign language and then there's language, right? Like I wouldn't yeah. even think that like using yeah. the hands really is the original language. It's yeah. not well, when we had words and mudras. That's beautiful. Really yeah, that they are. That's why you see the Buddha doing this, you know? Yeah. This is the eighth city. This one, like this is the, yeah. it's called exquisiteness. This you is know? exquisiteness. Exquisiteness. Yeah. Because that, that's what it represents. The Buddha unlocked the secret of the exquisite nature of mm. being you know so can beautiful. i ask what humility is <sighs> that one is 31 and do you know i can't remember it the 64 i'm still kind of playing with them myself so i don't remember that one i'd have to look it up yeah i'll see if i can <laughs> i'm going to now. <laughs> that's one of my f favorite keys right now is it yeah um yeah. uh this is the last thing i'll say and then i'll i'll close this out but um there was a in in the golden path, you'll everyone will, you'll see that there's 64 audios you can listen to, and that's been one of my favorite ways to learn the gene keys. It's just putting on an audio and going for a long walk here in Woodstock in the woods. It's just beautiful, and um, in that gene key, which the shadow is arrogance, the city is humility. You talked about how um, Judas uh, from the Bible was so humble he was willing to let his name forever be tainted uh, by being the betrayer and how incredibly devotional that actually is and that for me really stood out to me of being so humble to be willing to play the role of the bad guy of the betrayer of the christ and that perspective uh was also pretty playful i thought and and like why not see it that way i feel so good seeing it that way and i thought that was one of those really interesting lessons that you pulled out of you know out of nowhere what it felt like to me of how specific that was but how awe-inspiring that thought was to mm. to choose it was to a, that. it was a play it's a playful concept like so rather than saying it i would say i think i i meant it in the terms of what if yeah what if yeah that was the case because yeah. I wouldn't want to say that is the case, no. but what yeah. if, you know, and, <laughs> and actually from the deepest perspective, I think that's always true. Like the darkest things serve the light. You know, I, I realized this in my three days, I realized that there is nothing but light. You know, there is nothing but light. And so everything serves the light. Even the darkness serves the light. You know, because the darkness is just an aspect of the light that, you know, it's the hidden light that you have. It hasn't yet revealed its secret, you know, and and so ultimately everything serves that. That's why, you know, when I drop into the 
depths of the universe. That's what I experienced. I experienced a being of a being of compassion and gentleness. You know, mm. this that's what that's what holds us. You know, and uh, e even though sometimes it doesn't seem that way, um, that's what's underneath everything. Yeah, yeah, I certainly feel that truth. Yeah. Oh, Richard, thank you so much for coming on to the Mind Body Musings podcast today and sharing all of this profound wisdom and this mythical quest that we each can take individually and giving us this like this uh, blueprint to do so you know it's it's outlined it's clear and it's also playful and it's intoxicating so thank you so much for doing this work and for putting it out there for the world to receive and helping so many people through this really profound system my pleasure Maddie. it's really lovely and love to everyone who's watching Everyone, we covered a lot of links today. We talked about many different things. So please be sure to go to maddiemoon.com forward slash Richard dash Rudd. And that's Rudd with two Ds. And you'll get all of the links there. You can also see this interview. Watch us talk on YouTube, Maddie Moon TV. And we would love to know any follow-up questions you have or what your thoughts were by leaving a comment either on Instagram under the photo of uh, this podcast episode or on my website or leave a five-star review on iTunes if you feel like doing so. And um, I am so looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the golden path for those of you who take the leap into this. Again, that is maddiemoon.com forward slash jinkies. And that's one word. Let us know any questions or comments you have. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. Mm -hmm.